Painted Arrow Podcast, committed to taking you beyond the pursuit. Craig Wagner, welcome to the Painted Arrow Podcast, man. Thank you. So, real quick, introduce yourself if you would. Um, uh, tell us who you are, what you do, and where you're from. Okay, uh, my name is Craig Wagner. Uh, I live in uh, Williams County, Ohio. Um, I work kind of a maintenance job over at Sauter Woodworking, and uh, just been a deer hunter for probably 32 years. 32 so, years. Yep. It's quite a while. Yep. <laughs> And um, so, uh, just for the listeners and yourself, we're we're doing this new series called Whitetails, and we're we're going to be traveling the country looking for just these elite and just rich, crazy stories of hunting stories, mm-hmm. anything related. Whitetails is kind of a play on words, T A L E S, not T A I. Mm-hmm. So, kind of a fun fun name there. But uh, yeah. we're really excited about this, and I don't know if you know this, but you're actually the first first tail oh nice <laughs> so <laughs> no pressure <laughs> no pressure at all man um it's kind of a funny interesting story how you and i connected and uh i think it's worth mentioning i i was on a facebook marketplace and i was i think talking to your wife right yeah yeah messaging your wife and i bought a desk and i've been actually using that to edit quite a few podcasts lately nice <laughs> it's working well so but i come over here and i was sitting there talking to your boy as he was helping me load up and you know tell me about the hunting stories. And he's like, yeah, my dad shot a couple of good bucks. And <laughs> I was like, you should show me those. Yeah. And, uh, he's like, Oh, they're inside. I'll take you in there. I'm like, man, you probably shouldn't be inviting the strangers in your house, but <laughs> right. he brought me in here and he, and he showed me some of these deer and I was like, wow, man, those are some, some pretty looking deer. So I'm really excited to hear some of these stories, but, um, yeah. So t- talk to me about how you got into hunting. Uh, you said you've been doing it quite a while. Like, yeah, just, you know, hunting's a, tra- a traditional thing. My dad did it. I wanted to be just like my dad. So, you know, just mainly from just family doing it. Now, you know, me hunting, it's not like when I was a kid, it's not like I was sitting beside my dad hunting. He never, me and my dad hardly ever went hunting together. It was because dad hunted Pennsylvania a lot. So what he would do, he'd, he'd set me up as, you know, a spot when I was younger, you know, probably 11, 12 years old. He's like, here, this is a good spot. Here's your five-gallon bucket. Good luck. <laughs> so bucket he just had it. Yeah, he headed off to Pennsylvania, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I was glad to be trained that way. It taught me to be independent, you know, and that's, yeah, it's just, just brought up from family roots, basically. So, so. your dad, you guys lived in Ohio? Yeah. Same D- county? Defiance County. Defiance County. Yep. And he would just take off to Pennsylvania for what reason? Uh, for rifle season. Their, okay. their deer rifle was the same time as Ohio's gun. Okay. And back then, they didn't have as many big bucks, but as as the years went on, the Ohio ones were getting really big, so he just stuck in Ohio then. But, yeah, he'd go way up, you know, Elk County, uh, Pennsylvania. So Really? Yeah, you know, him and uh, my uncle would, yeah. So then he would, he would kind of set you up, like, is this a private land? Um, it, it would have been my grandpa's woods or the woods just west there we had permission for. How many acres total was all that? I, the, I'd say each woods was probably, one was probably 25, the other was probably 35 maybe. Yeah. So. And he would basically set you up and say, hey, this is this is a good area. Yep. Yep. Good luck. And th- then they'd take off to Pennsylvania. So. so would you say you're self-taught, self-learned? Quite a bit, yes. Yeah? Yep. Like I say, I, I was glad that it, it was that way. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. Now, when did you when did you buy this property here? Uh, 2015. And will you just kind of describe it for us? Like, I didn't even really get a chance to quite look at it, or we didn't walk it or anything. But just give us a quick. Okay. It, what it is is I bought uh, 36 acres, mm-hmm. five of its tillable acre house, and then 30 acres of woods. And then there's other woods that's connected. I'd say probably another 20 acres that I don't own. And what's what's nice about this woods is it's got uh, there's a Opdyke Park is just south of there, so it's it's connected to that park, which is no hunting by a fence row, so it's it's a good situation. But. So behind the property is a no hunting zone. Yep. Is there a fence? There's like uh, well, it's not it's not bordering it. There's a field in between there. Okay. So it, it is nice, but come gun season, 
there's people that set up in there. So you, you get if if anybody takes a nature walk through, you know, Opdyke Park during gun season, they're right there to pick them off. But do you do you notice these guys who hunt that field? Do they key in on that? Like when when people walk through, do they do they like specifically wait for that? No, oh, they they usually hunt there about all day in those th- that area yeah. over there. So I mean, I don't know if they always send people through there or not, but it's just a good area for them to travel during gun. So yeah. So you were just kind of talking to me about some of these bucks here, and um, I guess as many stories as you want to tell, like what, wh- which one of these here is is more your favorite, and and for what reason? Uh, well, I would say probably the most exciting hunt we could start out with is the twenty point. Okay. That uh, that hunt started. That's that's this buck right here. Yep, that one there. Okay. It started with the purchase of a, a rider mower. <laughs> so what okay. what happened was my rider mower broke down on me and uh so i was telling this buddy at work i'm like i said do you know anybody that has one for sale you know because i'm looking and he's like actually i do he's like my buddy has one so i headed out there and uh i i looked at the mower i liked it and um we just started talking hunting i for some i can turn anything to hunting i guess yeah he uh he um had a house with about 13 acres of woods Mm -hmm. and uh so I, I was just telling him my frustrations, you know, you know, I'm from Defiance. I've lived there for 25 years. I moved to Williams and, uh, it's just so hard to get permission, you know. Can, can and, I interrupt you real quick? Did you move from Defiance to this area for hunting reasons or was it a job related thing? Well, or? my wife lived in the West Unity area. So I moved over here for her basically. Gotcha. I was just totally so, yeah, curious. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, I ended up, um, he said, well, you can hunt here if you want. You know, I wasn't necessarily asking, but he's, I'm like, sure, that's that's awesome. And uh, so I kept that in the back of my mind. And um, so a couple months, you know, later, it's the day before shotgun season. And at that time, I'm a very last-minute hunter. Mm-hmm. I'm sighting my guns in, hanging my stands the day before, you know. Yep. I'm, not, I'm not like that now, but I was at the time. Yeah. And uh, so I was sighting my gun, and I ended up using my muzzle loader. And... I had this public, I was hunting a lot of public at the time because, you know, I couldn't get permission. And, uh, so I, I thought, well, I'm, I have a good area out there. I want to look at for a gun. This, this is a public area that's not pressured as heavy as most publics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I, I brought, uh, the climber stand out to the public grounds. I was going to hang one and I could not find a tree for nothing mm-hmm. to hang that. in. you know, you gotta have the nice straight tree with no branches and I, you know, on public ground, you can't just cut branches all over the place. Right. And, uh, so I stood there for an hour. I could not find a uh, spot and, uh, it wasn't getting any lighter out. So I'm like, what, well, what, what year is this? 2004. 2004. Okay. Yep. And I'm like, you know, it's not getting any lighter out. I got to do something here quick. So I'm like, I thought about that woods. I'm like, you know what? Let's just go over there. Check it out. And, uh, so I walked along the north edge of this woods. There's pit corn on the north side. And uh, right away, I found a tree, a nice big tree. No, Hold on. So you were at a public access point? Yes, I was at a public access, could not find a, a tree. So you got out of there? I got out. I went to the spot where I had permission. Mm-hmm. And uh, I walked over there, and on the north side, I found a tree right away. So I hung my stand. It was about dark then. Hung my stand. I tied a white baggie on the, the limb that was overhanging the field, so that way in the morning I, I knew mm-hmm. where I needed to be. So the next morning, opening day, my brother-in-law went along with me, and he he was set up in the next section about a mile over east of me. So uh climbed up in the stand. I'm all excited. It's opening day. Yep. As it gets light out, I'm like, I see all these orange spots in the woods. I'm like, oh, my goodness. 13 acre woods and I saw eight hunters in there. I'm like, well, this, so they all had access to the same property you mm-hmm. did. Yep. So this guy was just offering up his property to basically, I, I don't know if he give permission to me, he must've gave it to everybody else, but there was eight hunters there. Wow. And, uh, now it, this 13 acre woods hooks up to another one, but they were hunting that 13 hard. So I'm thinking there's another gun season down the drain, you know, but I sat it out anyhow. And it was pretty uneventful. I seen some deer way out in the field, but about nine o'clock shots, I mean, coming right at me. I'm, I was glad I was up in the air. 
And uh, all of a sudden, this real big nine point comes out. He's right. He's only 20 yards from my stand. He starts stumbling, and, and he fell down. And uh, I remember seeing that deer, and I'm like, man, I would love to get a buck like that. That would just be so awesome for a gun, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what they did, instead of dragging it out by hand, they had eight guys, they had to go get a dirt bike. Now, this field was muddy. It was a real overcast day, and it rained a couple days before that. It was real muddy. Mm-hmm. They drove right by my stand with a dirt bike, ripping ruts in the fields. They hooked up to the deer, could not get it out. So they uh, ended up going back and getting a blazer. So they, they drove that and just ripped more ruts in the farmer's field, hooked up to the deer, finally got it out. The one guy walks up, walks by the edge of the woods, and he looks up at me. And he said, it's been that kind of day, huh? <laughs> I, I'm thinking, you think? You know, if you, I'm, I don't expect <laughs> anything good happening out of a dirt bike and a blazer, you know, for about hour, hour and a half running by my stand. And I, I didn't say anything, though, whatever. So they all went up to the road. So by the time they, from when they shot it to when they actually got it up to the road was 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that they're going up to lunch, basically. So uh, nobody was in the woods. It was, and I, I, I plan on sitting all day. I pack my lunch. That's just what I do, you know. And uh, so at 11.30, I'm looking. And just kind of, de- you know, you, you look off and you're trying to make something out of, you know, nothing. And I look to the right and uh, nice buck, 175, 200 yards out. I'm thinking a nice 10 or 12 point. I didn't care. I I took a shot at it. And uh, so I'm waiting for it to fall. It's not falling. So you shot at it at 175 yards. Yep. With your muzzle loader. Yep. And uh, so then it runs the next woods north. It's about a 10-acre woods. Probably about, uh, I'd say, probably half mile away. Yeah. So I gave it time, thinking if I hit it or whatever. I waited a little bit there. I got down. I didn't see any blood. But, you know, I tried to get in the area where I shot it. But uh, so me and my brother-in-law met up, and I said, let's go investigate this. Let's see, you know, if he's in there still. Yeah. We went. And, of course, this woods is way off the road. And uh, so I posted on the northwest corner. I'm thinking, you know, wouldn't it be great if he can just push that woods and that deer comes out on the northwest corner? And uh, I had him walk a Z through the woods. You know, we wanted to be as efficient as we could. We only have one person driving the woods. So he walked a Z through there. And uh, all of a sudden I hear him say, he's coming. (laughs) So that deer busted right out uh, just a little before the northwest corner. He's about 50 yards from me. And one-shot muzzleloader. And I've been burnt before shooting running deer and leading them. I said, I, if, that, if I'm in that position again, I'm holding right on the front of them. And uh, so he busted out. I held on the front of him, and I hit his back, kind of towards the back, his back legs, and uh, he kept running. He went west to the next section over. And so then so, – I'm going to interrupt you. I'm sorry. just want to make sure I'm clear. So you shot that first time at 175 yards. Mm-hmm. He went and bedded down. Do you think you hit him? I don't know. He I'm not know sure if point. I did or not. I don't know if I gut shot him. He ran the next half mile north in that little that little ten acre woods. So he's so. bedded in there somewhere. Yep. And your yep. buddy zigzagged and kicked him out to you. You took the second shot, hit him in the back. Yeah. Okay. Hit him kind of back farther. He ran west, crossed the highway, and then uh so we ran back to the truck <laughs> and drove over to that woods and we walked over there, and all of a sudden, there was like probably five hunters that got up. They're getting ready to leave. And uh, I went up to them, and I'm like, did you guys see a deer go in this woods? And uh, they're like, no, we, we haven't seen anything. So I said, I got one hit that's that's in here, you know. So I walked through that woods. I probably went, I walked through that woods five times. Nothing. And so I was like, okay, well. It's not meant to be. I, I must not got him. And uh, so I'm walking out, just getting ready to quit. I'm, you know, I almost gave up on it. What time of day is this? This is probably about 2 o'clock now. Okay. So the first, from the first time I shot, 11.30, I did give him some time, probably 2 or a little before. And uh, so I'm getting ready to walk out of the woods. I notice this uh, thick patch of thorns to the right of me. And just screwing around, I just took a stick 
that was on the trail and just whipped it into the thorns and out he came. No. Yeah. He busted out of there and then he ran out of the woods going south and uh by the time I got through all the thorns he was he was out there a ways. So uh he ran to this patch of pine trees that were kinda closer to the road. So we got back to the truck again, drove around there and uh at that point Okay, I'm driving by those pines. I'm thinking, okay, if we don't see him, we'll just let him hang tight. Yeah. Get something to eat. Maybe he'll die. We don't know. I turned around. So I drove past, didn't see him. Turned back, drove the other way. He's laying right by one of the trees looking at me. So I... Uh, How far away are you at that point? From the deer? Oh, he's probably only 20, 30 yards. And he's looking right just, at you? Just laying down looking at me right by the pine tree. Did he look like hurt did he oh he yeah he was hurt (laughs) for sure yeah oh yeah so we drove past the trees a little bit because i had some trees that were blocking so he couldn't see me at that point my brother-in-law's got a 20 gauge so i'm like i asked him if i could use it because like 20 gauge with three shots or a muzzle loader you know yeah no brainer and so then i uh walked around the trees and kicked him up he wasn't running good at all so then that's that's when i finished him off yeah so before you finish, how far do you think that this deer traveled in terms of miles from the time you saw him and took that first shot to, like, that point? I would say maybe a, a mile, mile and a half, maybe. That far? Yeah. So, I by the time, okay, I shot at 1130. I didn't get him till about 3 by the time it was all said and done. Because, like I say, I walked through the woods five times, and, like, I gave him some time on a couple of the. And that's this deer right here? Yep. Yeah. And when you walked up to him, were you blown away? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just remember, uh, you know, when when that deer ran out of the woods, when my brother-in-law zigzagged, you're thinking, this giant rack, this thing just looks majestic. He almost looked helpless. Really? Because <laughs> he, was, he was not a big deer. He was a medium deer with this awkward rack on, on his head, you know. Now, that 19 point, he was ginormous. His body was huge. Now, this yeah. one, that one only aged at three and a half. Is that right? Yeah. That wow. 20. This one was four and a half here, but. Um, there's there's one, there's a couple things I want to mention about that story. So, first off, like I've never heard anybody trying to take a, a deer out of the woods with a dirt bike before. Yeah. <laughs> Did they have like a rope or a chain? They hooked it up with a rope. And they just wanted to try and. Yeah. Did they had it gutted or they were just. Yeah, they he, the one guy already had it gutted and then they came back to get a dirt bike. So. That's a lot of weight still. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, not to mention mud to boot. You're driving through the field that's all muddy. So. And it's that stuff where you stick your foot in and it, like, sticks on the bottom, I'm sure. Picture picture walking to the woods that day that I had to, getting all that caked on and then running back to the truck. It was just insane. Yeah. You're, that, that's a bad way to make relationships, too, with a farmer, I tell you that. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. So. The other thing that, that really sparked my interest was you're telling me you just happened to throw a stick in the woods probably you know angry or whatever well i I was just you know i could have walked through the thorns i was just kind of screwing around at that point i'm thinking i didn't get yeah, it it's you know? been a long day and yeah you, i'm just like frustrated i seen that stick and i whipped it into the thorns and that's that's where he came you know i've i've had interactions with bucks and it's amazing like it, it seems like they'll they'll tolerate a whole bunch when they're injured and you're you're close to them, and they know that you're not onto them quite yet. Yeah, they let you get awful close. I walked by them five times. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's so incredible. Like, yeah, wow. And it, just, it was a weird hunt because it's like so many things that go wrong on that type yep. of hunt went right. Yeah, there was a lot that went wrong. Don't get me wrong, but there was a lot that went right that normally doesn't. That yeah, but, like the whole dirt bike thing. I mean, I would have been out of there. Yeah. I would have yep. been out of there. Like, mm-hmm. this is a waste of my time. Like, Oh, yeah. But, you know. And he ran right through where they were sitting. What, what was the day of that? It would have been November 29th, 04. And that would have been on a Monday. So, was that, you said that was opening day? Yep. Is that opening day in Ohio? Yeah. It's that late? That, that year it was. Really? Mm-hmm. It's not like that anymore? Uh, No, it's, it is. November 29th. Yep. Wow. I did not know that. Yep. So the, late. It's always the Monday after Thanksgiving. Got you. Okay. So. 
Do you, uh, are there any other things you want to say about that deer before we move on? Well, I just, it, it was, you know, like I say, I hunted, I hunted towards, I usually pack my lunch and it's just, it's funny because, uh, I've shot a lot of bucks between that actually 10 to two range is just, I will not leave the woods on those times. Really? It's just, you know, everybody's up. You think about it. Everybody's up and leaving. 10 to 2 o'clock is just, I don't know, for me, I've had a lot of good luck during those times. But uh, it's funny because me and my brother-in-law joke about it. It's like, you know, we sh- I shot him at 1130, so we're out the next year just brave- braving the elements in 5, 10 degrees, sitting all day, you know, it's just kind of funny, you know. Yeah. Because, you know, getting a buck like that makes you want to sit longer, you know. Absolutely. But. What's that, uh, what's that metal tag on him up there? That is how they used to tag the deer. Is that, is that right? Yep. When did they uh, quit that? Do you know? I would say probably close to around 2000-ish, maybe. Okay. Somewhere in there. Or no, it wouldn't have been. That's 04. So no, it would have been more like probably 2011, 12, somewhere in there. That is a, a really cool looking buck. Do you have Thank any you. idea what that thing scored? Yeah, he's, he's 188. 188. Yep. Just a lot going on with the brow tines there. Yeah, he, he, you know, with him only being three and a half years old, he got into some mineral somewhere. That's that's a good, thick, girthy deer. Yeah. Cool drop time. I feel like when people say Ohio bucks, I, I just feel like that's what they think of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just gnarly looking, great mass. Yeah, and this one guy I worked with, he actually hit that deer during bow season. And, uh, Wait, wait, say that again? That 20 point was, he was hit during bow season. Oh, really? And uh, you wouldn't know it. He was running fine. Um, well, you had him 300 yards away from him. Could you imagine a buck like that, 300 yards closing in on you? By the time he gets to your tree, you're going to be having seizures. <laughs> so he, <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he ended up shooting it back. So when we cleaned it, the whole back hind quarter, there was a broad head in there, and it was just pus and just it had to be, been thrown out. Really? But, yeah. Yeah, he was wounded during bow. And he only aged at three and a half? Yep. Who who aged him? Uh, it would have been, I don't, I'm trying to think which, it was a taxidermist that did it, I think. I don't remember. I had it, when I, where I had it mounted, I think he might have sent it away to do it. Mm. I don't, I don't exactly remember on that. I'm just curious. did say three and a half. That's like shocking. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's, that's miraculous. Great genes. All right, tell me about this year, uh, this twenty point. I'm, I'm, I'm interested, man. I, I want to oh, hear about the nineteen. Oh, I'm or, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that one, uh, I'd have to say that hunt means a little more to me. I mean, they both mean a lot, obviously, but the reason that one's over the top is because I was hunting that specific deer. This twenty point, I didn't know existed. So uh, the um, so there's there's a history with this one. Yes. Yeah. So when I moved here in 2015 in October, and I would never recommend to buy a house during bow season, it's, it's a headache. <laughs> <laughs> so I moved here, and uh, I dumped apples out just to check the inventory. And I don't really like hunting over apples. I dump them out for trail camera pictures. Sure. Because they work great. Yeah. But they work, the doe come in right during shooting light. Right. So unless, you, you know, you'll be trapped there for an hour or two in your stand so, you know, I've done it before, and then I just got to call my wife to chase the deer off the pile. It's just kind yeah. of a headache. But uh, so I got pictures of him. He was coming every uh, probably three days. And uh, so I started hunting for him. And I know a lot of hunters, you know, they don't like to hunt a stand more than three times in a row. I don't believe in that. <laughs> if I got a big deer on camera, I'm going after him. If I have good wind... Um, you know, if I cover my scent well, why not? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I hunted that deer, um, 10, 10 sets in eight days. So obviously two of the days was morning and night. Yep. And, uh, you know, it was, about, it was October 25th. I'm getting nervous. I'm like, I'm thinking I got to get this deer cause he's getting to the point where he's going to start, you know, running 10 miles away or whatever. So I kept pressure on him and, uh, on it, you know we had a pretty good temperature drop on October 25th and uh I'm right by that CRP field I'm just on the northwest corner of my woods 
and uh, all of a sudden this eight point comes out, and uh, he's only 15, right, 15 yards away. And then right behind him, a, a nice 10, probably about a 125, 130. I normally would shot that deer, but I said, this is the only deer. I, if I don't, if I eat a tag sandwich, that's fine. This is the one I'm after. And this, so this one here. Yes. Yep. We're, and we're, we're, I want to, I want to come back real quick. Where are you getting pictures of this deer? He is, I have got pictures in the Northwest corner of my woods. I just had one camera just at the one. time. Cause like I say, I just moved here. It's, I wasn't all set up yet, you know, and then anyhow, those two deer 15 yards away, both of them. And, uh, then I, you know, all of a sudden they run off. I'm thinking, well, they smelled me. So they ran off and then all of a sudden I heard a rustle in the CRP and out he comes. He's standing right on my lane and he probably stood there probably two, three minutes. And, uh, so I'm thinking, well, this is going to be easy. He's going to go same, you know, 15 yards away. It's going to be a chip shot. Nope. (laughs) He veers off and I'm like, I've got to make a decision quick because he's leaving. And, uh, so I guess I'm at about 35 yards and that's when I stopped him and, and shot him. And, uh, so he took off, he's running right down the lane. I'm thinking, is he just going to run into my pole barn and hang himself up or what's going on here? <laughs> you know, Onyx is the number one GPS hunting app on the market. If you don't have Onyx, I would highly consider trying a free trial where you can get access to all 50 states and all of the mapping features and tools. Onyx allows you to send waypoints to your buddies, see public and private boundary lines, and see where you stand in live time. It also has a new weather feature that allows you to track weather and wind so you can stay on top of your game, literally. It's a no-brainer. If you go on your computer, not your mobile device, to onxmaps.com and use the promo code PAINTEDARROW, you will receive 20% off your Elite or Premium subscription. Know where you stand with Onyx. There's nothing I like doing more than hunting elk in the western states. One of the main challenges of hunting big game species in western states is actually getting a tag. Furthermore, it's actually understanding each state's drawing systems, which can seem like a chore to figure out for beginners. Go Hunt is a company that has figured out how to simplify this obstacle for basic folk like you and me. Go Hunt offers a subscription service called the Insider, which gives you access to the most accurate draw odds, species breakdowns, and strategy articles out there. Before I started using Go Hunt, I would spend hours filing through kill harvest reports and data sheets looking for a good unit to hunt in. And using the Insider has streamlined this process, making it easier and more efficient than ever before. This has allowed me to find a place to go hunt, hence the name. Visit GoHunt.com to find out more and to start a free trial with the Insider Subscription Service. Shoepex Sporting Goods in Jackson, Michigan has been in the business of selling outdoor equipment for over 30 years. They have over 1,000 new and used guns and over 500 new bows for you to choose from. This family-owned and operated company goes above and beyond to make sure that you are taken care of when it comes to buying gear. Use the promo code PAINTEDARROW5 at the checkout and receive 5% off your entire purchase. Yes, that does include guns and bows, folks. Go down to Shoepex today. And uh, so he ran about halfway, he ran probably about halfway down the lane and then he veered off in the CRP. And uh, obviously when I was coming back, I didn't walk right down the lane. I took a big circle back home and uh, I gave him three hours. And I'm glad I did because we found him and when we found him, he was limber as could be. He was not stiff or anything. So I hit him kind of, he's kind of quartering too just a little bit. It's it's amazing when you when you look at a deer if you shoot at 10 broadside deer, I bet you only probably five or six, five of those are probably really broadside. Yeah. It's just, he looked broadside to me. Sure. And he was slightly quartering and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I waited, you know, I don't know how they get him when we get them out. It's all good. So. They're part, they're part of the family. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so. so you shot that with a crossbow? Yes. Yep. Had you been using a crossbow before that or just like. Yes, that's all all I've used. Yeah, I just I don't know. I've never got into compound a whole lot. Yeah, I'm fascinated with guns and I like a bow with a trigger. <laughs> and so now, like when you go out hunting, do you typically use your muzzleloader still? 
Uh, I not as much since we went to a straight wall cartridge state. Yeah. So I mean, I will use it during muzzleloader season, but it's so much easier at the end of the day to just pull out a rifle bullet than clean a muzzleloader. Yeah. So I I mean I straight wall during gun I don't use it, but mainly muzzleloader. So what straight wall cartridge are you using now? I have a forty five seventy. Forty five seventy. And I have a four uh two forty four mags my kids use. Yeah. So but so so this deer went how many yards into the CRP? Uh I would say he probably ran on the lane about a hundred yards and he probably went thirty yards in the CRP. So hundred and thirty. Yep. This other one went a um, lot. <laughs> a mile and a half. Yeah. Yep. So and when you you're saying you went not into the CRP and around the house, you went the opposite way. I walked a big circle around the field because I normally take the lane up. Yep. So I just I thought just to be safe, let's just make a big circle around and give them three hours. So, so. this lane that hugs that field, your property is just that strip, and then it opens up in the back. Yeah. Well, no, it it actually the lane would be the west side of my property. Okay. And then I got the woods goes quite a ways this way. Okay. And then back quite a ways. So. Have any idea what the, what the age of that was? That's a four and a half year old. Four and a half year That old. thing was ginormous. It looked like a steer when I had it hung up. It's just, it's back. It was, it was a big deer. Do you know the, bigger um, than the other one. The weight and the, the score of it? I know the score. I never weighed any deer ever. It's funny because when I tell people at work, you know, if, if they ask, you know, if I got a buck, they could care less how many points it is. What's it weigh? <laughs> That that's the biggest that's the biggest question everybody asks i never weighed a deer i'm gonna ask for that for christmas or something this year because yeah. i'm the same way it's like I, I shot a doe uh probably last year last mm-hmm. year muzzleloader and it was it had to have been 200 pounds yeah and it's like nobody believes you you know but mm-hmm. i mean how much does a scale really cost right 50 yeah. bucks and yep exactly in the barn, so i just never never thought I to know. get one i just i don't know <laughs> i wish i would have had one for that i'll tell you that <laughs> what, what did it score 175 and two eights. Is that gross? That's net. Both those are net scores on those. That's much wider than yeah. this one here, but that's, I mean, just awesome sweeping beams. Yeah, and, and you look at that deer, you're thinking that's going to score higher than the 20-point, but it's like you get space for that air. You get that that width spread as a score, you know. What was the width of this? 27 and a half outside. Really? Spread. Yep. 27? 27, yep. That's fascinating. And this one, do you know? Uh, that I think that's width outside is twenty. Yeah. So. What's your What's your boy's name? Wade. Wade. Yep. Would he come and tell a story? Try. <laughs> he showed me when I was here last. Uh, he had a I think it was a nine pointer. Yeah. Does that sound right? Yep. I'd be curious to know the story about that. Yeah, we can try. We should holler at him here in a second. <laughs> what? Uh, I mean, I feel like we have options here. <laughs> I feel like we have options to a tell more bit. stories. <laughs> what, uh, what, what, what's the story on this one here? The 11? Yeah. Okay, so that was that would have been my grandpa's woods. And uh, I actually hung my climber up on the west side. And as I was driving out of the woods, I was looking at the south side. And I'm like, this is nice and open. Yeah. I could do some serious shooting with a muzzleloader here. And so I, I decided to change, I changed my mind and I pulled that climber and put it on the south side. And, uh, there's a couple other people in the woods and, um, they ended up shooting. This deer came in, they hit it too far back and, uh, it ran over to me right under the tree. I had my stand in. And then, you know, as a deer, a lot of times what they'll do when they leave a woods, they stop and they, they assess the situation it's like you better get on him now, and uh, he's 29 yards away. He looked left and right, and then I shot him. That was an easy shot with a muzzleloader. Yeah, but yeah. What time of day was that? That was that one was about I'd say nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. What was this? This 19. The 19 I shot in the evening for bow. Evening. Yep. Do you remember what day that was? That would have been a Sunday. Yeah, it would have been a Sunday. The 25th of October. 25th. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we got late November and October. Yeah. If you had to pick one day 
of all the other days. You only get one day to hunt, one day to shoot a buck. What day would that be? Why? Okay, that's pretty easy for me. <laughs> I've noticed the last few years, like when I first started bow hunting in 2012, I barely seen the, the month of November. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm out opening day of bow, getting myself burnt out. And I've noticed the last few years now, the first week of November is great, but around my area, the red hot time is that that week before youth season. Now, youth season Ohio is the 20th to 21st of November. But I've noticed the last Wait, couple... Wait, so nobody else can hunt during that time? Uh, you can bow hunt. I think you can bow hunt, but you just have to wear orange dur- during youth season. But uh, Nobody else can hunt with a gun except for youth during that, though. Yes. Yep. Really? And, like I say, I think I'm... I'm not sure in the rules, but I think you can still bow hunt, but you have to wear a blaze orange. And obviously you can't gun hunt, just the youth can. And they, they, they mark that all off for yep. youth hunting. Yep. That's, that's fascinating. That's always, it's always a week before shotgun, which, you know, I didn't like it at first. I'm thinking, yeah, you're getting the deer all stirred up, which it really don't play as much of a factor as you think. Um, I like it now more because I have kids. Oh, <laughs> I can yeah. take, you know. Yeah, that would be but, great uh, to be able to experience those yeah, hunts through. Yep. And it's just, just that Saturday and Sunday before gun season. It's a week before. And uh, But what I do, I used to hunt, you know, I, you know, you, a lot of hunters will quit mid, mid-November, and it's about the worst thing you could do. Because uh, like that buck there, that 13-point, I shot him on the 18th of November. And it was red hot the day before that, too. Yeah. And it's, that's just been a good time. That's when we see a lot of rut action around here. You know, they say there's a lockdown, but, man, they're running them like crazy that time around here. And uh, so if I had to pick one day, I, I would say probably, you know, third week of November, probably 17th, 18th, somewhere in there. I, I definitely would say it would be my number one day. No, you're a working man. You work a full-time job. You have kids. Mm-hmm. What – like what what you obviously probably take days off yeah how how do you do that in your mind like is that is that a process for you when you're trying to pick and choose which days you're going to you know take off to hunt or is it just like you have a, a schedule every year and it's the same thing you do like walk me through that well my hours are very bow hunter friendly i get off work at 2:30 oh okay so i'm home by 3 and i can I can just head out to my stand, you know. That's about perfect time, too. Yep. I mean, it's it's a lot easier before the time change because I got a little bit of time. When it's time change, you gotta I got to get out there and go. But, uh, yeah, I'll take uh, the last couple of years, I'll take like a week off for the rut. But I don't take it one full week because I don't know if you've hunted every day. Burnout. You get burnout. So I'll take – I actually like the moon guide. I love going by the moon guide. Really? And I, I look at those moon guide days. I know they're not always accurate depending on weather. And I like to plan my vacation around those. Interesting. So I, I was going to ask about that if you if you thought that there was something to it. Yeah. I, you know, you, you ever drive around in your vehicle and you just see that that day where there's just deer everywhere. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's one of those red moon days, you know, that they talk about on the, on the moon guide. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, I usually plan them around that. Uh, I might, like I say, maybe do a four-day weekend, and then maybe the next weekend do the same thing, you know. But And when it comes to gun season, I'm going to get those days off one way or another. <laughs> if i got to take personal days, I, I don't care. I'm, I'm going to get those days off. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's interesting to hear you tell me all about Ohio because in Michigan, the opener for shotgun season – if you're further north, it's rifle season, but I'm below the parallel line, but it's November 15th. It's and it's, it's always the 15th, no always. matter what day, if I remember right. Yes. Yeah. As long as I've been alive. I can't speak to, you know, 30 years ago, but mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's, it's it's interesting to hear you say, like when I, when I look at taking my days off, I'm almost always taking as much time up to the 15th because I love bow hunting. Yeah. But I know the deer hunting gets really good in late November mm-hmm. and it, I've, I've seen, I've seen great deer taken. I've seen great chasing and it's, it's interesting. None of these stories had to do anything with chasing doe. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> that one did this one, that 13 point right there okay. that one I got last year. Yeah. 
What's the, what's the what's the down and dirty on that that story? Okay, so I had a camera, cell phone trail camera out by the thicket. Out here. Basically in my thicket in the middle of the woods. And uh, I do, I've gotten a lot more aggressive the last few years. I hunt really close to bedding. Mm. And I, when I say close, I'm 30 yards from that thicket. And uh, I remember years ago I was hunting in this one woods sitting in a treetop. And uh, this guy's walking by. He's creeping by. I'm thinking, what's this guy's deal? Mm-hmm. You know, because at that time, I'm just walking like there's, you know, not a care in the world. I'm not walking quiet at all. I'm rustling leaves. And I watch that guy hunt, and, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I know who that guy is, you know, and uh, he's shooting some big bucks. (laughs) So, uh, I don't know. I just kind of model my walking around him now. I sneak. I'm very quiet when I get in the woods. And so I'm not afraid to hunt bedding very close if I got the wind right, you know. Yep. So I snuck in there, and uh, it, it got towards maybe an hour before shooting light. This doe comes out, and then she 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 goes um, east right down the trail where I thought they'd go. And I, so I knew he was following. He was only 20 yards behind. And then he just walked down that trail, and I shot him about, about 45 yards away. Wow. So, so that that one paid to be quiet because he was, he was bedded with that doe the whole time in that thicket. What uh, day was that one? That would have been on a Wednesday, November eighteenth. How do you remember the day? I don't know. <laughs> I just I it was just a year ago, so I I remember that. But That's interesting. If it was you know five years ago, I won't remember that unless it was one of the, one of the bigger ones, you know. So, at what point in life did you like start chasing mature deer, like mature whitetail bucks? Was there like a, a, a flipping point for you, or is it just like? Uh, honestly, I would say probably 2015 when I went after that 19. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I get, I can get these nice deer on camera, but it's like, I'm not going to be like 2015. I'm like, this is the one I'm shooting. Now, if I have a shooter in front of me, you know, I don't know if I'm going to hold out for this other one on camera. You know what I mean? If it's a decent buck, I'm going to take it, you know? Yeah. Do you have like a like a certain age structure you're looking for? Is it like antler size or body or like what is your? How do you decide? I I don't really go a whole lot by age. I go more by antler size. Yeah, and that's sometimes that can be pretty hard to judge. Yeah, but I like judging deer like in pictures and stuff like that. You'll see you know antlers or whatever. You get a lot of pictures right now in late summer and mm-hmm. velvet and things like that. But I've become more interested in age structure and age class yeah. like i don't know it helps you to, to judge a deer you know what i mean and yeah i've i've i'll be honest like it's it's not been a part of my repertoire to like you know really pursue mature whitetail box yeah until very recently mm-hmm. and it's it's very exciting like I, yeah. I just it's cool to be able to sit here and talk to you and kind of pick your brain because i mean you have a you know a good resume and i think um i think there's lots to be learned from people listening along too so and, and the thing is, you can say, well, you know, that's a nice three-and-a-half-year-old buck. I want to give him another year. But the problem is they do hunt heavy around here. You you may not see that deer the next year, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I just go by rack size more than I do age. Yeah. But, and it, you know, if it's got a decent-sized rack, it's going to be at least a three-and-a-half-year-old anyhow in do this have, area. Do you have any food plots out back or just the fields? I do not. I just have the fields. See, a lot – where, what I own, if I planted a food plot, I got to about walk right through the food plot to get to my stand. Right. So I just have the cornfield that's around or bean fields. Now, do you think that this 19 point that you had pictures of and you were like waiting out for him, was he living on your property, do you think? Or do you think he was living like bedding somewhere else? I think he's bedding the CRP myself. Yeah. And I think he could have possibly been living the next woods west of me. You tell me you're a big fan of CRP. Yep. It's no longer there, but you, at, at the time when it was, you you were a big fan of that. Yeah, deer, they, they feel so safe in CRP. They can go out and sun themselves, and they just feel super safe in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can get a, a woods with a CRP bordering it, that's just, you don't get much better than that. And you were, that's from viewer, like you were viewing that firsthand, not just like speaking from an experience. So Yeah, it's, yes, I've seen a lot of deer in that CRP and, you know, you get on Google Earth and you can just see trails like crazy in that. <laughs> Do you have more trail cameras out there now or just a few? 
I have one right now, but I'm gonna I'm getting my cell phone trail cameras lit up here in the next few weeks. So. You do have cell cams? Yeah. Talk yep. talk to me about that because I haven't I haven't quite uh, dove into that yet. Well, I got some uh, Exodus renders, and uh, what I like about them is you think about okay if you so let's say you don't have a cell phone trail camera, and you go in the woods maybe let's just say once a week and check your card. You might check it and you have had a moxer there five days ago. You just missed that window. Let's, mm. let's just say you came two yep. days in a row. You just missed it. Or if, if you have a cell phone trail camera, if you see them, you can just go right after them, you know. Not to mention you're not leaving your scent all up in there, you know. Yeah. You can just set it. You put some lithium ions in there, and you can let it go for yeah the whole season, basically. Yeah. So I got probably, I don't know five to seven trail cams out mm-hmm. but i don't check them every week you know what i mean they're, they're yeah. not cell cams but um it, it does i i definitely see the upside i just it's an investment right yeah they're costly don't get me wrong yeah but uh you know i don't smoke i don't drink i tell my wife my bad habit is hunting and fishing so <laughs> that, <laughs> that can't be too bad right <laughs> that is exactly what i tell my fiance i'm like yeah. on like there's a lot of things I could be doing. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what I'm doing and what my intentions are, and there's, yeah. there's something to be said for that. Yeah, and like I say, they're not – I saved up money for them. And, and one thing nice about an Exodus render, if you lose one or if it gets stolen, they'll replace the next one for half price. Now, obviously, they're not going to do that every time because somebody could take advantage of that. But just a one-time replacement of half price. But – you know, a lot of times I did have a trail camera stolen. Luckily, it wasn't one of my cell ones uh, a couple years ago. And I'm real strategic on where I place my cell ones. I don't put them by any trail. Like, say, for example, somebody wants to ride a horse. I try not to keep – I try to keep them off the trails. Yeah. I definitely don't want those. I do have one, a Spy Point Link Micro that's cell that I would probably put by a trail, but i put it up higher. Yeah. But – so you told me the day, you said 17th or 18th, is like if there was one day, right? Yes. November 17th or 18th, yep. which one? Uh, either one. You got to pick one. Okay, we'll go with the 17th then. 17th. Because I shot him on the 18th, but I had a lot more action on the 17th. On the 17th? Yeah, I had a bit, a giant that was coming in. There was four doe, and uh, so three of them come right by me, and then he veered off north with the hot doe. The 13th? No, he's bigger than the 13th. Oh, okay. The okay. day before, I would have, I would pick the seventeenth just because it was thirteenth. You know, the eighteenth was good. I you know shot that buck, but the seventeenth there was a lot of action. Got you. So now, what about morning and evening? If you had, I mean, if you could only hunt one day and it was the the seventeenth of November, would you be hunting the morning or evening, and why? I would hunt evening. I just I don't know. I just I've hunted a lot more evenings than mornings. Yeah. I mean. I'm not necessarily going to say evening's better. I just, that's just what I like better. And are you like super into like scent control? Like what's your, what's your regimen about scent control, if anything? I'm not super into it. Like I don't buy scent lock gear. I, uh, I obviously hunt the wind and coon urine. I use a lot. Coon urine. Yep. Tell me about that. I've never heard that. Well, it's just a cover scent basically. So my, my woods is loaded with coon. Mm -hmm. So it, it wouldn't make sense to use something else. You're going to use something that's, you know, sure to that air, you know, good to that area. And so I just, I just spray coon urine quite a bit for cover scent. So do you, you know, trap these things and extract or where do you like, where do you get that? You can just buy it yeah. at the stores. You know, a lot of it's synthetic. I was really hoping you would tell me that you trapped them and extracted urine. I, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I right. was really hoping that was the case. <laughs> yeah. So no, I, I'm not a coon hunter, you know, but uh, I got a lot of coon. I imagine so. your wife loves that. Yeah. <laughs> she probably makes fun of you, doesn't she? Oh, not not too bad. She comes out so. and sprays it on you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Luckily, it's synthetic. I don't really want to deal with the real stuff. So, A couple things about your wife. I've never met her, um, but I love that she lets you put these all in the front room. Yeah. That's fantastic. Just fantastic. She needs to have a conversation with my lady. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you were telling me that she's a hunter herself and she's got a couple nice deer here. Like what was her, did, did she hunt before you or did you get her into it or what's the story she, there? She did hunt a little bit um, before I met her. But uh, 
Yeah, so once we got married, we just something fun to do together. Yeah. And she likes to hunt a lot on the ground. Love that. So she's she gets a lot of her deer on the ground and she's very she's good luck too. What's what's the what's the reason for that? That's just what she's comfortable with. Now she has shot some out of stands before, but she just likes sitting on the ground basically. But she'll do she'll do both, don't get me wrong, but Yeah. So, what um like is she what's her regimen like is she is she going out with you quite often or is she like picking certain days or is it just more her schedule it's her schedule she yeah. she's been taking nursing classes this last year so she hasn't been able to hunt a whole lot yeah but uh you know we have a buck it's funny because we have a buck on camera right now it's it's a nice 12 point and she's like that's i got dibs on that deer i said i'm not worried honey i said as soon as there's a slight frost you're out <laughs> so <laughs> and that's you know, in my woods, they're not going to come out till last week, October, anyhow. And I know by that time, the weather, she just hates sitting in the cold. Uh, I, I don't like sitting in the cold, to be honest yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah, I, I don't either. But And, and she'll go out, uh, you know, gun season. She might, you know, if we take them out youth hunting, you got to have, you know, adult by the youth. So she'll go out and do that. And and opening day, gun she'll do. So she's not totally against it, but she's got to be really bundled up. <laughs> yeah. So. For sure. But. Holler at your boy real quick. See if he'll come down here and tell us that story. All right. You can yell at him if you want. Wait. Want to tell your deer story? On, on a couple of your bucks? Come on down here, Wade. This is the price is right. Come on down. While we're waiting for him. Oh, there he is. How you doing, buddy? Good. You want to tell your deer story? I can. You want to? Sure. Come on down. We're going to hook you up. I got to think another set of headphones in here. Oh, yeah. The price is right. Isn't it crazy what a what a tree what a tree stand hanging on a tree in the fence row le- leads to? <laughs> Did he tell you that? <laughs> yeah. Well, he said he said he, you saw that in the fence row. You know why that's in there, don't you? No, why is that? That's an old tree stand that the bottom four uh, feet of the section was rusting out. So um, I just took that section out, made it shorter, and just used it for practice. Is that right? Yeah, cause, yeah. I'm not gonna get any deer come with four dogs. I'm not gonna get any deer coming around here. All right, buddy. Last time I was here, you you brought me in the house, and that you're the reason that I'm here. So yeah, <laughs> I was like, if if I can get you on, I'm gonna try and get you on and tell me the story that that nine point that you showed me last time. So let's hear it. All right. Well, my nine point, it was a Sunday evening and I usually go to my grandma's on Sunday, but I decided not to that evening. I decided to go out and hunt and that was a good decision, obviously, because I got a buck, but we didn't really see much the whole evening until it was about 10, 15 minutes till dark. Yeah. And then he just came in. So is this back here? Yeah. Do you remember what day it was? I don't. It was around rut rut time though. It was in November. November. So it was around my birthday and I remember we saw this doe. And he came in following the doe, and he was just like, came in and he stopped for a perfect shot, and I shot him. But he was a little quartering too. Yeah. So I made I shot him where I was where I was supposed to, but he wasn't broadside. He was quartering too, but we didn't realize that. So we didn't find him that night. We went out looking, and we were up till like midnight, one o'clock, looking for him. So we decided to go out the next morning and look for him, and we were looking for him for maybe like five ten minutes when we found him right away in the corner. So it's quick. Right over there, yeah. What's so he he ran how far you think? Maybe two hundred, three hundred yards. Really that far? Yeah. And you shot him with a gun? Bow. Bow. It was a crossbow. Really? Yeah. It was it was the the what we thought broadside, like I was telling you. Looks broadside but it's not it's not broadside yeah. shot. So. What is your uh like when you were tracking him, was it was it fairly obvious where the blood trail was? We we had a blood trail till he went back to our creek we had. We were back there and then we had no blood trail. So Did he dip in? In the creek? Yeah. No, he didn't. He just followed the creek, which led to that cornfield. Yeah. That creek leads there. So he stopped following the creek. Then he went in the cornfield and died that night. And we found him the next morning. Interesting. And and so, the, the thing is, it's like, uh, so we were going to go to the next bordering woods and look for it. But I thought, you know what? We have this little woods by the road. That's where the doe liked to bed. Yep. yep. Let's go over there first. He was heading kind of over. It looked like he might have headed over that direction. So we were going to go right by that woods and... Uh, sweep the cornfield this way it was a pit cornfield i bet we didn't walk what 20 yards and there he was laying so right away so at what age did you start hunting you think i started hunting about 10 years old 
10? Yeah, I started hunting my, on my own about 13, 14 years old. But I like hunting on my own. You do? Yeah. Me too. I, the, I can't remember what the laws are in Michigan in terms of, like, age and what, you know, classify classifies you as, like, a youth hunter and whatnot. But yeah. I remember when I was super young, 12, 13, like, I wasn't yet legal to hunt by myself. You had mm-hmm. to be next to your parent or guardian or whatever, but we always like stretch that rule. It's like, well, you sit 200 yards over there. And as long as I can see you and you're orange, <laughs> if I can talk I mean? to you on a cell phone, you're close <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah. But so tell me like, what, what was your, like, what's your first memory of hunting? First memory of hunting, probably when I got my first buck, that's the earliest I can remember. Cause that was just like the best day of my life when yeah. I got that buck. It was, what, what do you remember about it? I remember he came in and I just, I don't really remember, like, him coming in. I just remember shooting him. That's all I remember about the hunt. Yeah. But we found him. I think we found him that night. Yeah. This is a different deer? Yeah, that was my five point, my first one I ever got. Yeah. That was, like, my pivotal one. That's probably what got me. Got you hooked? Yeah. Are you planning on going out this year? Yeah, I'm going out this year. Now, well, I got you both here. Like, what – this is your oldest boy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, how how did you introduce hunting – to him if at all or did he just kind of naturally take after you because he saw it was something you liked what was going on there i just you know when they got to a certain age i just started taking them out hunting with me basically yeah so i mean yeah and uh you know sometimes we just take turns passing the bow back and forth you know if he wanted to shoot one or whatever so yeah was it ever hard for you to sit still in the woods do you remember that yeah it was (laughs) it was i think that's every yep Young boy. Yeah, whenever you see a buck, you're, like, having a seizure. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I'm not a patient person. Right. And and when I when I first started bow hunting, the first time I went out, I'm like, this is boring. I got out of my stand. I just quit. Mm-hmm. I was into it a half hour. And uh, so I didn't hunt for a couple years. And then all of a sudden, the outdoor channel and Dish Network, you know, I got that. So I'm getting all fired up. And, and then uh, in 99, I'm uh, – I decided to go back out bow hunting again, and uh, my mom dropped me off, and uh, she's like, good luck. I said, don't wish me good luck. I said, anytime I get wish good luck, nothing ever happens good. So she's like, okay, bad luck then. So I ended up, get. I rattled in, uh, you know, it's kind of early. It was like October 20th. I rattled and grunted this deer in, and uh, it would have been this that eight point right there, that kind of smaller rack right above one of the door there. Yeah. That was my pivotal deer. As soon as I shot him, I was hooked. But, uh, yeah, it's just crazy. You know, you try something a second time, and it's just a matter of, you know, there could be a lot of people that hunt, and they, uh, if they have success, they may hunt the rest of their life. If yeah. they don't have success, they may just hang it up, yeah. you know? Yeah. But. No, I'm, I'm, I'm super glad we're doing this because I think that, you know, historically, um, you know, hunting way back when, it's the stories that really last, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's, it's the meat doesn't last, right? That's yeah. Cool. Right. <laughs> but like, it, it's, it's cool to sit here with you guys. You know, I feel like it's almost like speed dating. Like we've never met each other, yeah. um, but we can sit here and we can connect on deer hunting mm-hmm. and we're obviously both, all three of us are real passionate about it. And, yeah. um, it's just real cool to get your guys' story and, and, um, kind of pick your brain and, and see what you're doing and mm-hmm. maybe you can help somebody else. You're helping me. I'm, I'm getting to ask you all the questions right. <laughs> that I'm like, you know, you know, am I doing this right in my mind? And you know, all these different questions you might have about approaching your stand or the wind or scent or whatever it may be. And I think that's, that's really awesome. So yeah, you guys are the first white tails uh, <laughs> of the series. So nice. I really appreciate you and inviting me into your, into your home here and showing me all these deer. I, I really, really enjoy the stories and all these pretty deer to look at. It's it's awesome. So if you are listening and you have a whitetail and it might not even be a whitetail species, it could be a bear, it could be a moose, whatever it may be, go to our website. That's paintedarrowoutdoors.com and you go to the whitetails tab at the top, T-A-L-E-S, and you can fill out the form and somebody will be in touch with you. So, but Wrapping it up as concluding thoughts. This is your guys' episode. Do you want to conclude with anything or say anything at all? This is this is the time to do it. Anything you guys want to mention? Just take your kids hunting. It's uh, you know, you can go to uh, you can play high school football, baseball. All that stuff's good, 
But, you know, hunting, you can do the rest of your life. Mm. So, I mean, if you can get somebody into hunting, that's a lifelong thing. So, yeah. along with fishing. Absolutely. So. And you can take kids with you. And, and stick with it, too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, he's, I'll tell you what, I was so impressed with him last year. Mm-hmm. He didn't get a buck, but he sat so many hours. I bet, what do you think he sat, 50 hours in the woods? A lot, yeah. There, that's just, that's during, during gun. gun. That's gun week. That's not counting bows. Sure. So I was just so impressed with that. But uh, he he does. He sticks with it. So yeah. Well, with gun, anything can happen at any point. Like you can yeah. just have anything run in. I wish I had. Uh, I wish I had that knowledge when I was your age because there's no telling. You know, like mm-hmm. what could happen. And I definitely grew up in a hunting family, but we didn't. I don't know. We just we didn't see a whole lot of big deer. And you yeah. know, in the area that I lived in in Michigan and. I mean, it only takes one, and you're you're just saying how that's the one thing you remember is shooting your first your yeah. first buck, and then you're hooked. So, yeah, I think that's awesome. So, and you were just saying earlier too, you, you get that you know seizure feeling. Yeah, that's called buck fever. Yeah, that's the best thing in the world. And after you shoot a few of them, it'll still be there, but you you can compose yourself a little better. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how big it is, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, all right, guys really appreciate it thanks for inviting me to your home again and yep no problem until next time